podcast for those who suffer, which is everyone. It's a space where we can speak honestly about what it feels like to be in desolate places without losing hope. Welcome to In the Thicket. Hello, everybody. Good morning. Oh, that was high. So nice Hi. Hi. <laughs> I almost said good morning. <laughs> I know. We're trying to get away from the good morning thing, but it's hard because we record in the mornings and it's like, yeah. you know, you're feeling happy. It's morning, yeah. whatever. I, I feel like we can say good morning. I know I was the one that was like, we should, should not do this. But it's kind of, <laughs> that's so fun. I said good high instead. Because, so. Good high. That really said like, hi, morning. <laughs> I love all of it. Uh, I think is my next. And maybe that's going to be our podcast like intro. Good high. Hello. Good high. <laughs> um, yeah. So um, we are so excited because today we have a very special guest, Ignatius Shelly. Hi, Ignatius. Hi, Rachel. Hey. How um, are you? Um, I'm good. I'm good. I'm really glad to be here. I've been looking forward to this, actually. Yeah. Uh, just so, yeah, just so, unfortunately, my internet is, seems to be a little bit uh, moody today. So right. if I'm cutting in and out, hopefully that can be fixed in post. Yes. Nice. We'll just screenshot all the times where you're frozen <laughs> like this. Like, yeah. Yeah. And just That's what they do on to Instagram. Me. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You can, you can post it like, the, like a picture of Rachel at the, uh, yeah totally you know what everyone else on this podcast we need one of those for everybody on this podcast i feel i feel like i'm bearing a lot of the weight of the of the (laughs) right of the awkward pictureness yeah yeah we need Mm -hmm. to balance out the scales here so okay well i I think that's a good challenge (laughs) i also have like one time i left my phone somewhere i think i went to the washroom and erin was near my phone and she took a bunch of (laughs) selfies of herself that were like it was so they're gold. really they're gold. Um, I should see if I still have those. Yeah, I'm liking uh-huh. where this conversation is heading. Thanks, Ignatius. That's right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I remember those? Tip. So you don't great. remember those? No. <laughs> no. Okay, yeah. that's good. So then I'll that's scroll payback. through your Facebook and then see if I can find a super a good one. Well, I guess unless you post awkward pictures of yourself on Facebook, yeah, don't me. That won't work. But yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's generally not the direction people go with. Uh, Yeah, that's usually true. Yeah. Um, So (laughs) I just, you know, how is everybody doing? Like, how is our week? How is, how are we feeling? It's November, almost December right now. I'm recording this, which is crazy. I'm super pumped because I got a new computer, uh, which is so exciting because my old computer was like, not cutting it it was just like it was so slow you know anyways it was so funny though because I walked into Best Buy to ask like to get a new computer and I totally sounded like I knew what I was talking about because one of the like students at Newman I've been like okay what do I need what are the specs that are important you know anyway so I walked in I'm like oh yes so I need something that's definitely SSD uh (laughs) you know at least 256 (laughs) anyways and then he asked me a question I was like I don't know. <laughs> what language are you speaking? <laughs> you like oh, called yes. your bluff. It's like when What's you write of the script. <laughs> That's right. You go to a foreign country and you have the accent down and like you have like these three lines in the other language totally. that you can actually say and you say yeah. them and the person's like, oh, you speak <laughs> Spanish. And then yeah. you're like, nope. 
that was a, that's what happens to me I, when I try to speak French. It's great. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. fun. Yeah, so yeah, so that mm-hmm. so I'm excited about that. But you know, I'm also honestly I'm excited to talk to you, Ashali. Ashali Ignatius. My brain, um, because uh, because you're in Nova Scotia right now, which is exciting. Because I used to live in Yarmouth, and I went to Dell. And you're at Dell, so yeah. I know I live right across the street from the Tupper building. um, And yeah, so you're in all my familiar places, which is super fun. (laughs) That's so great. I've been to Nova Scotia once, but it was kind of, we were on our way to, I was on a road trip with some friends um, from Ottawa to PEI. And so we spent some time in New Brunswick, and then we wanted to we mm. wanted to just say that we'd been to Nova Scotia. Mm. So we basically, on our way to to go cross the bridge into PEI, we looked on the map to be like, okay, where's the border in Nova Scotia? Where can we just like skirt over the border? <laughs> so we did that. We ended up in some like field on a dirt road, and we almost got stuck in like mud because we was on the road. And, but then we're like, okay, great. We've been to Nova Scotia. And then we kept moving. <laughs> oh, I'm sad for you. You missed the glory. You missed the glory. I know. Someday. Yeah. <laughs> we'll go, man. It's actually very beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. It's like my favorite place in the world is the mm-hmm. Yarmouth Lighthouse, the Cape Forshoe mm-hmm. Lighthouse. If mm-hmm. you have a chance, you got to go there, Ignatius, because it's basically like, I mean, Peggy's Cove, beautiful lighthouse, whatever, except for there's a billion tourists. But then the Yarmouth Lighthouse is like forlorn and mystical. And it's like you're on the edge of nowhere. It's so beautiful. Erin, I feel like when you're talking yeah. about Nova Scotia, you just, there's a little, just like a little hint of your East Coast lilt just kind of sneaking <laughs> oh, in. Oh, really? Just totally. a little bit, you know? You're going to go far in the car. You're going to go far in the car to the bar. <laughs> yeah. Great. I've, I've heard a lot of things about the Yarmouth Lighthouse, actually. So I, that's actually definitely on my list of places to go while I'm here. Mm-hmm. Although, Sweet. one thing that was cool is that when I went to Peggy's Cove, obviously there is no tourism in Nova right. Scotia right now. Right. So when I went there, uh, it was actually pretty, it was actually pretty empty. So it was really nice. Oh, that's true. Yeah. yeah. So Ignatius, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself? Why are you in Nova Scotia right now? What are you doing? What's your, sure. who is Ignatius? Or Ashali as some people. Like. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, hi everybody. Uh, my name is Ignatius. I'm, uh, 22. I just graduated from McMaster university. Um, like, last semester, almost two semesters ago now. And that's actually where I had the pleasure of working with, with Rachel for around a year when she was mm-hmm. the campus minister there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, after I gradu- so after I graduated, I decided to pursue a missionary vocation with Catholic Christian Outreach. And they, um, I got placed at Dalhousie University in Halifax, Nova Scotia. So I moved there in September of this year. And I've been working basically on campus um, so we, we've had some in-person things. Most of them, most of our things have been online, but it's been a really, really great opportunity, I think, to be able to be here and to experience what it's like to uh, to work in ministry in this way, and then just to experience also like East Coast life because it's very different. It's mm-hmm. it's very different, mm-hmm. and and I really love it here. Actually, that's awesome. That's so great. Sweet. Are you <sighs> from Hamilton originally? Then, like Toronto area. Um. So I was born in Jakarta. In oh. Indonesia, and then my family moved to Mississauga in 2001. Okay. So we stayed there for about 10 or 11 years, and then we moved to this little place called Stony Creek 
uh, which is basically which is basically Hamilton. <laughs> and my um, my family still lives there, and I have moved to Halifax. Right. Okay. Yeah. Because I'm imagining like Toronto, Hamilton. The contrast between that and the and the East Coast is like it's different. Totally significant. Yeah. It's significant. hundred yes, percent. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Even the airport. I was flying in one time for a conference, and I was like, "Oh, I'm going to get in late. No big deal. I'll just take us something." And I'm like, "Nope. The airport is in the middle of nowhere, and there's no cabs that are operating after 11 oh p.m. So <laughs> I'm sleep at the airport." Yeah. Oh, right. uh, like it's so different here there's 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 not even uber here yet right wow nova okay yeah. nova scotia nova scotia actually doesn't even have uber yet so it's cool. you just hitchhike then like... things move slower <laughs> you just ask george on the corner if he can get yeah, a yeah. lift down to the city it's no big deal <laughs> that's wow i'm learning so inaccurate. much right now that's awesome right <laughs> Totally love yeah. it. Uh, one thing that I've been realizing as I come here is that there's a stereotype of Canadians being like super nice, and I feel like that must have originated from the East Coast. Aww. <laughs> That's true. Nice. Shout everyone out to here Easter. is just everyone here is just so nice. I've never oh, seen anything awesome. like it. Oh, that's so cool! Shout out East Coasters. Good rep in here. But um, yeah, so that's what you're doing out in Nova Scotia, which is fantastic. Um, but we're so excited to have you on our podcast because um, when you and I got to work together, I think we we got to work very closely. Ignatius is the president of uh, the student club, basically at, at um, MAC, the Catholic Student Club, MAXA. And um, yeah, and so we did a lot of ministry together and ministry, you know, involves ups and downs, lots of challenges. Mm-hmm. And I really got to know Ignatius in that. Um, and yeah, he, for a 22 year old person, he's got a lot of, um, experience in, in the spiritual life and, and ups and downs of that. So we wanted to just talk to you about, you know, suffering in the ordinary and what you've learned. Um, so yeah. So what are your experiences of suffering? You know, like what, what, what has, what has life brought you so far in the way of suffering? (laughs) (laughs) So a lot of my experiences of suffering have really been in uh in the everyday things that i think most most people go through right so a lot of things like um things to do with relationship things to do with uh like moving to a new place and uh seeing what it's like for you there and when i think about a moment of my life where where there was really a season of great like difficulty and challenge i kind of have to think back to when i was still in high school um I I mentioned that my parents moved to Mississauga, my family moved to Mississauga from, from Jakarta in like 2001. So I would have been three years old and we spent like 10, 11 years there. Right. And as somebody growing up, you know, going through um, just like my childhood in that, in that space, there was a really formative time spent, spent in that city, a really formative time. And, and um, you know, you start to make friends, you start to develop, you start to develop relationships and you start to uh, really get connected with people that are there. And then all of a sudden, when I was uh, 14, 15, my, uh, we decided to move to, to, a, to, a, to a new city. So I went to a new school. And with that came a lot of difficulties, came a lot of challenges that you would expect that to come with, right? So um, <clears throat> I enrolled in a new high school when I was 15. So I would have been in like grade 10 at that point. And I quickly realized that that is probably one of the worst times to <laughs> to be at a new school. Yeah. Because because when you're in grade nine, then, you know, it's like for everyone, it's their first year 
in in this new environment. So it's easy to like form new groups, form new form new um, friendships. But a year after that, those are pretty much solidified, and it's really mm-hmm. hard to to break into. Mm. Yeah, and especially for me because I think that that was the moment in my life when I was a very different person than I am now. Mm-hmm. And I actually had a lot. I actually had a lot of difficulty in social situations. I had a lot of challenges with um, cultivating friendships. I had a lot of challenges with um, also just being secure in myself. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of that had to do with with just the way that just the way that I was uh, and and my experiences that I had up up until that moment just weren't conducive to building up those those things in me. So that year of my of my life when I was when I, when I was 15 so seven years ago now was 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 very challenging right there was a lot of suffering there was a lot of pain just in having to spend most of that year at in in a school feeling alone mm-hmm. right yeah. there's a very deep a very deep sense of loneliness a very deep sense of of suffering of pain that that accompanied that and throughout the year you know I would find myself doing things and it's like <laughs> it's like wow, this is actually kind of sad that <laughs> that I, yeah that, that there's no one here. So that was definitely a moment um, for me. Like that season of of my life was was quite challenging. Uh, but what I kind of came to realize, especially as I started to uh, start to grow older, as, as I started to really step into my faith more, was how the Lord had used that moment, had had used that that time to grow me as a person and to mm-hmm. Like give me give me gifts in even that time of suffering, which I which I wouldn't realize were were, were gifts until until un, until later on. For mm-hmm. example, I mentioned that that at, at that time in my life I was not too good in social situations. I wasn't I wasn't very socially um, like equipped, mm-hmm. and I think that 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 year really forced me to to, to gain that knowledge, to gain the tools to actually talk to people, talking, make new friends. And, and this was, and that proved itself, you know, as I moved on, you know, grade 11, grade 12, those skills started to make themselves known. Those skills started to make themselves actually, actually used. And um, after, I exper- after I experienced my moment of deep conversion um, at the end of my first year of university, I, mean, I realized, wow, the mm-hmm. Lord was like really active here. Mm. That's yeah. it's interesting even that you share that because that like my dad um was in the RCMP so we moved all across Canada lots of places and I think that nobody who knows me now would ever believe that I was very shy as a child. Wow. <laughs> like it's impossible yeah. to believe I think. But um but exactly like you said like um there's something there's something really beautiful that the Lord can bring out of these like, because they're not like major, you know, life-changing like catastrophes or anything like that, but just, Mm -hmm. there's just even these kind of like long spanning things that it's like so slowly, he just brings out this good and this good and this good and this good. Cause I found that as well. Like at some point I was like, well, I'm going to eat my lunch in the bathroom alone and that's disgusting. Or I'm going (laughs) to learn how to make friends, you know? And trust that people might like me and want to be around me at some point yeah Mm -hmm. yeah yeah Yeah, I resonated as well even I mean different different situation but just thinking back on my own teenage years um and when you're saying yeah like I wasn't super good at like social situations I was like yeah that's me that was like I was super awkward um and and maybe everyone maybe not everyone but maybe a lot of people I think feel that way where it's just like you know um if you're not 
if you're not quite sure how to break in with a certain group or you're, you're innocent, you know, um, you're just not quite sure how, like, what, are, how does it work here? You know, what, what, how does, you know, then that can be really, really isolating. And, and you start to feel like, well, something's wrong with me. Um, what's wrong with me, you know? Um, so I liked, I liked what you said too. Like, yeah, I just, you know, that the situations that you'd been in so far hadn't taught you those skills, but then that year, that very being alone, it forced you to kind of be like, all right, well, I'm going to learn how to kind of, you know, break in or, or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's, um, yeah, it's those very times where you feel the most alone or the most awkward or whatever it is, that's where the growth might actually be happening. Um, so yeah thanks for sharing that it's really yeah it's good and honestly fast forward to like now this season of your life or even your last year of university when I started in campus ministry um you know I didn't know anyone and Ignatius was sort of like my literally like he he sort of took me under his wing as a student was like these are all the things and all the people and you were so good at that and I was so grateful because because of you I kind of got into the swing of things so much faster than if you hadn't been around because you really you took on that load of, you know, kind of showing me the ropes, um, which is so different. You know what I mean? Like now you're playing a role and then you, you learned so much in order that you could play this role of actually connecting others, you know, people <clears throat> together, which is so cool, which is something that God has done in your life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I've experienced do you, that. Do you find that you have a certain like sensitivity to the, the new kids or the, you know, like the new people or the out that maybe the outsiders, um, in a, and, and maybe it sounds like maybe, you know, you have this bit of a knowledge of how to draw people in. Do you think that that's something that that developed out of that time? Yeah, I mean, absolutely, I do. I think that uh, having those experiences, especially like being that guy, right? Being that out, being that, that one who like didn't fit in, like that definitely helped to help to tune me more to witnessing that in others mm -hmm. and to seeing that and to seeing that happen for the people. And it just... I think there are times in my life when it's more pronounced and more at times when it isn't, but what you're, what you're describing, like this disposition, this um, heart for, for the loss, this heart for those who, who, who aren't known is something that's, that's definitely been, been built up in me through my experiences. And um, I think that that's exactly what it is, which really, hel really helps me to um, really love this idea of working in uh, like on campus of working in campus ministries, because that's really a, a big part of it, right. Is in, is in seeking out those who don't feel like they belong and letting them know, Hey, you do, you know, mm -hmm. you're a beloved child mm -hmm. of God. And this is, and like, this is where you can fit in. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. Um, it's amazing to me, like just in retrospect, right. Like in looking back on your life or in like seeing what the Lord is doing in you now or how he's using you now, or, like, I think all of us can kind of, can kind of do that, you know, where you like, little did you know that when you were in high school, that these experiences that you were having and the suffering that you were experiencing and the isolation and whatever mm -hmm. would be weaved together in something that's so beautiful now that's mm -hmm. not, that's both for you and for other people. Right. So like that the Lord mm -hmm. working in your life, um, has shown you his, like his faithfulness or, um, that it's made it easier for you to connect with other people or giving you those skills or things like that. But also then for the people whose life, like in, now you're working with university students and having a huge impact on helping people to know Jesus Christ and to mm -hmm. enter into all eternity with the, like for all eternity with the father, like you are participating in somebody else's salvation and that's linked to 
like what happened to you in high school, you know, like that the Lord is so good and has this bigger Mm -hmm, picture of everything. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And one thing that I do find is also just like how this is like a consistent theme in my life is how the Lord will take these moments of what of like disconnectedness, these moments of what I'm feeling um, like removed from community and then transform that into something that that's so much greater than what I could have ever done. Because I actually had a similar experience throughout, throughout my like um, first year, first year in university even mm-hmm. where I was again, like, you know, entering into a new place, going into a new thing. And um, for, the, for, for that year, I was actually had the luxury of being able to live on the like, on campus residences. And um, in that time, you know, it was, I had a sense of, I had a sense of, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm on campus, I'm on residence, so that means I can get involved, right? Well, <laughs> it didn't, it, it didn't quite work out that way for, for, for one reason or another. And I actually found very similar challenges with mm. that of being in a new place is that while, while I had friends, I didn't have any that I could consider to be uh, like somebody that I could rely on, you know, somebody that I could count on. And I just remember that that year, so this is like just like 2017, was just something that I desired so much. That was somebody that I could rely on, someone that I could count on. And um, for me, in terms of my spirituality, this is also probably one of the most, uh, one of the lowest points mm-hmm. for me in, mm-hmm. in my spiritual life, right? Because like, it, like, think about it. I'm somebody who just came out of high school. I'm entering into my first university. I'm away from my parents for the first time. Mm-hmm. Because as somebody who is, of course, like born and baptized Catholic, your faith easily becomes something you take for granted. Mm-hmm. So as somebody who who's like stepping into stepping into um, uh, like li- living on his own for the first time, it's 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 attractive to be like you know like let's try not doing this and, <laughs> and see what happens. And it's right. and it's and it's like obvious that it was a simple of you know my faith is something that was that was given to me that that was almost like um, that was yeah I, I, I don't want to say it was forced on me, but I never had the opportunity to like choose it for myself. Mm. Basically, so I didn't really see or understand what there was to gain from it. And yet I saw it as there being something to lose, right? Because there is a certain stigma associated with being Catholic. Mm. Mm-hmm. So coming to the realization of that, I kind of stepped away. I kind of like distanced, distanced myself from it a little bit in that first year. And a lot of these fears come from the, a lot of this actually come from the fear of social ostracization, mm-hmm. which, which I mentioned was, was big for me in high school, right? Being ostracized socially, being exiled socially, like that's, that's where these fears came from. Um, mm. But the, but I find our Lord is very, very funny. I find he has, I find our God has a very real sense of humor. And, <laughs> and as I approached the end of my first year in school, I began to realize that, you know what? I'm not, I'm not actually doing too hot socially. <laughs> you know, I don't actually have <laughs> that many close connections. I, I don't actually have that many people that, that I can call like uh, my, my friends. So I was like, let me see if I can, if I can figure this out. Because again, I entered into a season of loneliness season of pain into a season where it was like every day was spent waiting for the next day to come mm-hmm. and I don't know if you guys have have ever experienced anything like that but it's just like it's so monotonous mm-hmm. and it's so like stale where it's just you're just like waste if, if you if you're like you're wasting away mm-hmm. you know you just like do the work for the day and then you spend the rest of, and then you spend the rest of the day binging whatever Netflix show you happen to be mm-hmm. binging at the time and then the next day comes and it repeats and it repeats and it repeats and it's just the same thing over and over yeah. So this was uh, challenging and it was really, really difficult. And there was this deep emptiness that I felt at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I was trying to figure out, you know, like, how do I get out of this? How do I pull myself out of this? 
And thankfully for me, my brother was involved with, uh, Rachel mentioned the name before, with, with Maxa, with the Catholic Club of McMaster, because, you know, he's, my brother is like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, um, and throughout the year, he's been, he's been inviting me to come to, to events. He's been inviting me to come to, to this or that. And all, I think I went for the first couple of times in September, but then after that, I'm like, not for me. Type thing. <laughs> but all of a sudden I'm put in this position where it's like, I have nothing. Mm. so I realized that you know maybe 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 I should go back maybe there's something here maybe there's like you know like if if nothing else just just for the people that I could meet through mm-hmm. this Catholic club right so I did that and then like as you guys um, <laughs> as many of our listeners are probably aware when you when you get involved with Catholic groups when you make Catholic friends you're going to get invited probably to some kind of retreat <laughs> you're probably going to get invited to some kind of conference that 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 somebody is organizing somewhere so so luckily I was actually able to go to something like that and it was it, it was retreat uh, hosted by the Eastern Canada Chinese Catholic Living Camp uh, which I'm pretty sure actually many of us have called probably familiar with uh, mm-hmm. or, or GT, and it was, and it was really there where, where, the, where the Lord, where I came to an encounter with Christ, where I came to an encounter with Jesus, and what was really funny was that after after that retreat, it was in a, it was in a moment of confession where I experienced like the love that Christ had for me personally. Mm. When you experience something like that, like nothing can be the same because it's like, wow, God, not only are you real, but you love me. Mm-hmm. So everything changed after that, and. This is, where, where this is where I find the Lord's humor really came in because the reason why I did to myself for my faith my first was because I was afraid of like social exile. And yet it was only after I fully embraced my faith that the Lord gave me the best friend I've ever had. As the Lord gave mm-hmm. me the best relationships, the most fruitful and fulfilling um, people in my life. It was a complete subversion of my expectations. Right. Can I ask like, what, what was it like for you experiencing suffering after that point like was there other times where you felt kind of alone or that same kind of pattern but then what was the difference like what's the difference been from you know high school first year university to after that in with life in Christ Mm. yeah I mean I think I think after that experience after I realized like how the Lord is working in here it's like a big difference has just been in the way that I approach these and in, in how I approach those uh, times in my life and how, and how I approach suffering in general is just has, um, has just like changed so, so dramatically, you know, because I kind of started to realize that the Lord really yells in my suffering <laughs> that, you know, we say it like while he may whisper, while, while he may whisper or in your joys or speak to you in, in your moments of consolation, I find he's particularly loud and particularly mm-hmm. present in, 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 in the moments of creative suffering. And mm-hmm. it's an unfortunate reality in some ways, uh, but, but in some ways it's, it's also helps to deepen um, how, you, how you embrace your suffering. It really mm-hmm. helps to deepen how you enter into suffering because, because then suffering stops becoming fully about why is this happening to me? But mm-hmm. part of it becomes, Lord, what are you trying to say to me through this? Mm-hmm. Lord, what are you trying to speak to me in this? Mm-hmm. Have you, you know, have you found, so you're talking about the fear of ostracization, of ostracization, is that the right word? Being ostracized? <laughs> um, and, yeah. um, you know, and so there, like often I find that there are, there's so much fear when we approach stuff. And we had a whole episode about this, like fear mm. and suffering, you know. Um, how have you found 
because you've had these experiences of transformation where God has taken a tough experience and, and just like trans- transformed it for you. So kind of like along the lines of Aaron was saying, when you approach, when you kind of are at the precipice of something difficult or a challenge and something you know is going to be painful, is, the, is there a difference in how you approach that in terms of your fear? Like, do you, are you as afraid as you, because I'm definitely afraid of suffering in some ways, you know what I mean? Like, has it impacted that fear at all? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm definitely still afraid of suffering. I'm definitely, I definitely still fear it. And I try to avoid it. And I think that's just a natural human response yeah. to something like that. Yeah. So of course, uh, of course that'll happen. But I find that one thing that I have done in the past now is, is um, at least if I see it coming or if I know, or if I'm, if I'm expecting something, something difficult to happen is that I can almost like prepare myself for it. Hmm. You know, I can, I can, I can prepare myself to, to be in a place afterwards where I can come running into the arms of the father, mm-hmm. where I can, where I can go to him immediately and just, and just um, sit in his presence. And Rachel, I actually have an experience with you of, of, of when this happened around this time last year, if you remember. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where, where I just, I just knew, I just, I just knew something was coming. So, mm-hmm. so I just, um, I asked Rachel like, hey, can I have the keys to the church or something? Or can I uh or can I go into the church at this time? And then it's it, it's it's not to work out well because because it it was open uh mm-hmm. during the time when I needed it. And you know, like what I expected to happen happened and I was just able to immediately come running and come running into into my father's house mm-hmm. and to um grieve really is to mm-hmm. um to grieve there. And I think that was actually a very um healthy way of of uh, approaching that moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a, a witness to me in some ways. Like Ignatius kind of, he knew like, yeah, he's alluding to something hard was going to happen. And then he like set up his time to have, to like literally go straight to the Lord after that happened so that he could just be with the Lord in that. And I was thinking that's, yeah, that is just so, cause God wants to be there for us in those moments, you know, and we should know that always like, and so when we approach suffering, we should know that we're not alone and that we don't have to face it alone. I think that's such a powerful thing that we forget, even as Christians, even as practicing Catholics, like we can really forget that you can really feel like you are really alone in your suffering, but you're not, you know? Um, yeah, it's kind of like, um, like a lot of times you think about how suffering affects people and you can kind of see that it, that it sends people one way or the other, right? Like it sends people into kind of like mm-hmm. bitterness, despair, like all of those kind of things, or it will push people like closer to God or to find meaning in that suffering or to something like that. And sometimes like, sometimes we can think like maybe it's people who don't have a relationship with God or with Christ or whatever, who would kind of go towards the despair and stuff. But I think that we can still all do that. Like even having a relationship with, with Christ is like, it's like we, we almost have to plan for, we almost have to plan for our worst possible action in Mm -hmm. suffering you know like if we know we're going to encounter something or whatever like I think that's so beautiful is being to set it up and to trust actually that I can't trust myself like the saints talk Mm -hmm. about that a lot right about Mm -hmm. like you know that um that we have to distrust ourselves in some ways because we're broken and we're sinful and we're you know we have to realize that those things are going to affect us in our lives so to be able to like, I love that idea anyways, of being able to kind of plan for those times of like, like ordinary suffering or extraordinary suffering. Like, Mm -hmm. what am I going to do in those times? Mm 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's beautiful. And they kind of, it's just very practical, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, okay, this thing that I'm happening on Tuesday is going to be really hard. This is, I'm not, I hope so, nothing happens hard on Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, so then just pulling in your, you know, scheduling that in. All right, I'm going to stop in at a church after. Or, you know, sometimes we might need that, that, um, you know, that, that to experience, sometimes some of us know that we're going to need to experience the love of God through another human person. Mm-hmm. So setting up a conversation, be like, hey, I'm, this tough thing might be happening or is happening in the, on this day. Can we talk later and setting that up and then scheduling mm-hmm. time for prayer too. Just like, just like, like it's, I think it comes down to like knowing ourselves, right? Like, no, suffering is going to be inevitable. Mm-hmm. But what has been helpful for me and what can I do so that I, um, that I don't just despair and feel, you know, um, totally lost after, right? But have have a little bit of a plan too, you know. It's just a really good practical thing, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. I also think it's such a relief, like kind of, you know, that this we've talked about this before, but just the same idea that it's it's not all on me. Like I don't have to carry this burden. Yeah. I on my own, like I mm-hmm. like I really don't, you know. That for mm-hmm. me is just a relief, just to know that. Um, and to live my life that way. Yeah. Like looking at even like the virtues, right? Like I know when you were talking to Ignatius about, um, kind of what we were going to talk about during this conversation and stuff, the theme of courage came up like courage in the ordinary, you know? And if you look at courage, the virtue of courage, um, is the mean between the two vices of foolhardiness and cowardice. So like courage does not mean just sucking it up and, you know, biting the bullet and de- that's foolhardiness because yeah. that's mm-hmm. not actually respecting the reality of who we are. Mm-hmm. And then cowardice is like the running away from it and the not dealing yeah. with it. And then, you know, so like that's, in- it's interesting to think about like courage, actually what that really looks like for us um, when we're facing those things. Mm-hmm. What is that? Like, what do you find? How do you find that works kind of in your life, Ignatius? Hmm. I think that when you, especially when you, uh, when you li- like lay out that dichotomy there between, between foolhardiness and, and cowardice, I think courage almost exists at some intersection of the two where it's not just like running headfirst into something, but, and also not running away from it, but to kind of understand what's happening, kind of understand like why it's uh, like it, it, for me, it resonates a lot with just like, um, emotional intelligence and like personal and like a, a self-understanding where it's like, okay, hey, why am I feeling this way? You know, it's like mm-hmm. you're in this, in this moment of, of where you're, where, where suffering, maybe, maybe you're, maybe it's something really hard. It's like, you know, like, why is this hard for me? Mm-hmm. And then understanding, and, and then like, just like speak, speaking truth into that. It's like, there's a hard because of this, you know, like there's a hard because, 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 because I really care about that person or this is hard because I really miss those people. Mm-hmm. And what and and having courage isn't to run away from it and isn't to just like you know like suck it up and get over it, but to give yourself time to grieve because that's healthy and that's important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Give yourself time to grieve for th- give yourself time to grieve for that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. reality really. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's the whole thing. Like this was partly why we thought this was a uh, an important topic to talk about is because there's there's like suffering that happens in the daily. You know, like the like the little hills and valleys or the things that are kind of themes that are struggles for us that kind of keep coming back and all of those kind of things it's important to recognize that not all suffering is like an earth shattering you know drama or something Mm -hmm. like that and to see like how we how we approach it you know yeah Mm -hmm. because sometimes I think in those in those 
you know, sufferings that come in the course of, of life, sort mm-hmm. of those maybe expected sufferings or things, we almost feel like, oh, well, it's just this or it's just that. Well, this is normal. Everyone goes through this, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And we can kind of write it off instead of like you're saying, Ignatius, to say, well, actually, this is difficult. And why is this difficult? Oh, I need to acknowledge and validate this thing that I'm going through and, and maybe grieve it or um, just just yeah, be able to walk through it and not write it off as because, oh, well, other people suffer more or this. Like, all those things might be mm-hmm. true, but that doesn't diminish the reality of a of a suffering that just happens in the course of, of life, right? So I think mm-hmm. that's really, um, yeah, that's really key. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, I, for me, I actually find that it's, I the bigger challenges in my life, I'm actually not as afraid of in a way. Like, I'm like, oh, it's coming and like, I kind of, you know, step up to the plate and, but it's actually, it's for me, it's like the everyday stuff that I, that I'm more prone to lack courage in, to be honest. Mm. You know, I, I think it's far more difficult for me to persevere every day through, uh, through a long lasting pain that is not something other people know about. And it's not a big deal in quotes, but it's, it's very painful and it's very difficult. And that is something I don't want to deal with. So I just, you know, that's my Netflix binge watching, you know, remedy for that. So it's actually, I think, and that's like kind of very, you know, St. Therese, like, like it's, it's really Mm -hmm. those little, those little rocks in your shoe that you constantly Mm -hmm. have Mm -hmm. that are Mm -hmm. sometimes the toughest to face and, and deal with because it requires... Mm -hmm perseverance yeah. and to kind of go along with that and what's apparently been a theme of my suffering is i'm realizing i was talking about it today is is um with with the big things it's like you know you know you have people you can talk to about that you know that there's someone that you can call and it's like hey i'm going through this right now but yeah. when it comes to the literal things it's like is this worth giving them a call for so there's a sense of like having to suffer alone when it comes to this when it comes mm-hmm. to these ordinary things which i think is important for us to to overcome and important for us to um really defeat because that's not true I think I think that's a lie you got to speak truth into that totally mm-hmm. even us oh, we yeah. found like with the because we have a whatsapp chat with you know the three of us plus our secret uh prayer buddy who's in the background and we like we've had to remind ourselves many times actually like post that in the group like if you're feeling anxious today if you're struggling with this like it's not just the big things but it's like even just those little things so that we can pray for each mm-hmm. other because but it's also like trusting that actually somebody cares about me in my little things like yeah you know like in in Wait. the littleness of my daily walk or what's happening mm-hmm. that people actually care yeah. about that you know yeah my sister and I this is so funny because I'm bringing the raptors back in because they come <laughs> in you know they you got to talk about them once every whatever <laughs> three weeks. but um in last season you know when we were facing Boston it was a really tough series and we lost but anyways that whole thing we like my sister and I would literally pray for the players like we pray I mean you can't pray uh, the outcome of the game that's not you know God doesn't play like with us that way, but like, but we were praying for their souls and we were just thinking, you know, we're anxious about this game. And my sister said to me, like, you know, there's nothing too big for God, but there's also nothing too small. You know, we can literally bring everything to him. So, um, you know, I love, I love that. Thanks Ignatius. That's such, I think that's so important. That is so important. Mm -hmm. Um, we're heading into the end of our discussion and God wink time. Um, which is essentially Ignatius, like, a, I don't know if you've had a chance to listen to any of our episodes yet, but we've, you know, it's a time where we just talk about something humorous that God has done or something, you know, lovely that we've experienced with the Lord in the last couple of weeks. So um, who wants to start? 
God winks. I can start. Okay. Um, so my, my God wink this week, I, uh, because we, we just went into another lockdown here in, in Toronto uh, this past week. And so on Sunday, I knew that this is going to be my last like mass and communion in however long. Mm. Um, and I was just feel, really feeling that, like really feeling the, um, the grief of that. And, uh, and so anyways, um, but this week I just randomly, um, got into, to, uh, one of the churches to pray and because they're keeping the churches open with, um, well, not, I don't know every church, but a couple of them around here are staying open with uh, exposition of the blessed sacrament during what their normal mass times would be. And so I was, I just went in to pray and like two minutes into that, uh, the priest came up to the front and, and was like, well, so um, if anyone here is, is, you know, sort of disposed to receive the Eucharist or um, I'm going to just distribute communion. And so I was able to go up and, and receive communion. And it was just such an unexpected and random gift and, and just felt like that reminder that God was like, like, just, hey, it's all good. You know, I'm here. <laughs> like, mm. you know, and just nice. uh, there's just a lot of joy in that. So oh, that's, that's awesome. Beautiful. Yeah, I'm that's so cool. Glad. Um, I can share, I'm just going to reach over here and grab my thing to show you. Um, so, uh, this is actually kind of right along the, the theme of little things, you know, um, but for, so I recently moved to Ottawa about a month ago now, and I've been kind of, I don't know, setting up my room and just putting things where um, they need to be. And I was like, I would really just love to have like a nice plant for my desk, but not a plant that I can kill because I kill all things that are living. So, um, so uh, I was kept looking like at the dollar store just for their whatever anyways. And I haven't found anything that I liked. But then I was there the other day and I found this thing and it was a whole big like ordeal about um, coming back to my house. And I had to take apart this other vase. I got the sticky stuff all over my hands to get these nice. Anyways, it was just all to make this nice little plant arrangement. Um, and it's just such a little thing. But it's Aww, super cute, it's you know. It's really pretty. I love it's, it, and I love, and it makes me so. It's like this tiniest thing, but it just <laughs> like mm. makes me so happy when I look at it because it's lovely and it's never going to die, <laughs> and it's plastic, so I can wash it. <laughs> so that's great for those yeah. who are are listening. Um, it's just Aaron has a beautiful vase, and then it's got like green leafy kind of things and then purple flower yeah um, lavender lavender sticking mm-hmm. up it's beautiful and it's yeah plastic plants man they last that's right <laughs> yeah they don't die that's right that's awesome i love that do you have a god wink ignatius yeah i do um so over the past few weeks, there's been a <laughs> interesting development in my life in Nova Scotia, which is that uh, the apartment that I was staying at uh, while I was gone for Thanksgiving weekend ended up having some serious flooding issues where a oh. water main broke like right outside my unit, apparently, and affected like 40 units across the whole apartment. So um, for, uh, for a week or so, there was a lot of like construction and, you know, like pulling up floors, trying to dry it out and stuff. And I received a notice at the end of like at the end of the week, literally like six weeks ago now, that saying, hey, you got to get out of your apartment so we can fix it. So it's like, excellent. You know? It's like, it's like, where am I going to go? Um, they, they, they offered us an alternate unit, but like I got to move all my furniture and all my stuff down. It's like, like, you know, it's, it's, it, it, it was stressful. It was stressful because it was, you know, I'm being a, <laughs> kicked, out of, <laughs> kicked out of my house. Yeah. So, so there was, 
there was a lot of a, a lot of fear there. And then what, what just happened was everything just ended up working out so well. And it's like it's like it's just how the Lord continues to provide, which is which is amazing because it, it turned out that. Um, first of all, there was this house that needed somebody to cat sit for them. So like that was available for me for a couple of weeks. So me and my roommate were able, were able to go there and just have this like really nice place where where, where we could stay and, and live. And then after they came back, right, like um, where I am right now, I'm at the house of a senior uh, CCO staff member who's, who's currently on paternal leave because he has a four month old and a two-year-old along with his four other children. And um, they and they live in like a fairly large, a fairly large rectory. And they offered a couple of their rooms to me and my roommate as well until mm-hmm. until our partner can come back. So it's just how, how to look continue to provide for for his people. And it also worked out doubly well because um, because of the whole rent, because of the whole situation of my apartment. I they're actually uh, gonna be waiving my rent for the month or so, which is <laughs> Right. which is which is which is quite nice as well so um, awesome. i'm i'm really glad i think i think the lord has really been present in that mm. that's cool. amazing um my god wink has to do with school i had a very busy week of like presentations and stuff like that and i thought um so it was like tuesday wednesday thursday um seminars that i was giving and then so on Thursday, Wednesday night, I was like, oh man, I have to work on my presentation for tomorrow at 11 and I'm going to be up like so late. And I go to my computer. I'd been planning this for like a while because I knew it was coming. I go to my computer, get ready to present. And I'm like, hold on. That's next Thursday. I get a night off. <laughs> wow. And it was the best feeling ever. You know that feeling when you're like, I have so much to do. And they're like, I don't though. Yeah. <laughs> it was so good. So thank you, Lori. That was lovely. Oh, the lives of students. <laughs> yeah. So good. <laughs> That's right. Um, right. So, I mean, God is with us in little and big things and all of it. And mm-hmm. we're so grateful. Thank you, Ignatius, for sharing. Thank you for Just, having me. Yeah, it's been so good. And, you know, despite all of our technology, whatever, it, I think, you know, there's some, there's so much wisdom that God has shared you know, or given us, I think, through this conversation, at least for me, for sure. So, yeah. All right. God bless everybody. Um, We'll see you or you'll hear us (laughs) next Monday. Yay. (laughs) Bye. Happy Advent. Thank you for joining us for this episode of In the Thicket. If you like what you hear, give us a rating and hit that subscribe button. We have new episodes every Monday with more stories and honest conversations about life when the going gets rough and the hope and humor amidst it all. We'd love for you to join our community on Instagram and Facebook at In the Thicket Podcast. While you're there, let us know how we can pray for you. God bless and see you next week.